Lucy Paul. How are you? <laughs> Hello, James. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. Now, right off the bat, um, I think we, we met during the pandemic. Are you are you based in New York City? I am based in New York City. Yeah, I grew up in New York, and I'm based in New York. Uh, I hate driving, so I hate L.A. Wait, I, I lost the end of that. What did you say? I said I hate driving, so I hate L.A. I'm from New York. I grew up in New York, yeah. and, and I'm based in New York. Yeah. Oh, I totally feel you. I grew up in New Jersey, and those uh, stereotypes about Jersey drivers being uh, pieces of shit is totally true. Like, <laughs> dude, I get – if I drive in a city, I get the first <laughs> – the first red light I get, I'm screaming at people. This, I'm the guy, the second it turns and you haven't moved, I fucking honk my horn. I'm out of my mind. I lose my shit. And that's that's one thing I love about New York City. I love just walking, being able to walk everywhere. Not mm, having to worry about the car, definitely. parking. Um, and if you want to go drinking, you don't have to worry about getting an Uber. Um, True. All that stuff. But I, I will say I think that most New Yorkers will agree whenever a car does something, uh, you know, wrong or bad or annoying and you see the Jersey license plate, it's such a good feeling. You go, of course they're from fucking Jersey. Yeah. Throw up your hands like that. You go, fucking go back to Jersey. It's so great. And when it's not, when it's like a New York state license plate, it's like, damn it. <laughs> You're probably from Jersey. <laughs> I'm more along the line where it's like, no matter what the plate is, it could be Maryland, Alabama. I just go, those fucking people from that state are dumb pieces of shit. <laughs> That's true. But Jersey is a particularly like satisfying one where you're like, of course, Jersey fuckers. Or you know what? If it's from um, New York, you just go, they're probably from Long Island. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Jersey of New York. Yeah, Jersey. I mean... It's it's very uh I don't know why it's so aggressive on the roads I don't, I really don't I think it's because we have a parkway and a turnpike we have two like ways to get through the state and they're, they're it's just a joke like if you mix an exit on a turnpike in Jersey you're fucked you have to go another five miles then you have to get off go all the way around and then to get back where you were trying to get to you have to go back down south and you have to pay a toll like in Florida that sounds like a nightmare yeah in Florida I think in L A too it, I think they have like you could just you know, if you, you just look both ways and you can kind of like just U-turn it, right? Hmm. In the middle of the of the highway. So maybe They want to keep you in Jersey. They think that the more they let people from Jersey out, the less people they'll have. So they try to trap. It's entrapment. That's oh. what it is. <laughs> the worst, too, is when you're going through an easy pass, though, because you know you're, you're losing another, whatever, $2. But it's just fucking uh, uh, maddening. You know, mm, I don't drive, so I don't deal with that that stuff. Um, but I, I'm sure it would be maddening. Although all these people are moving to Jersey now and having these nice lives yeah. in Jersey um, with space and and happiness. And New Yorkers are not okay with it. <laughs> right. um, I've actually been to Jersey more in the last in in the pandemic year than in my whole entire life living in New York. Wow. Weirdly. You know what's yeah. weird? I could have. Like when the pandemic hit, I, I could have moved back home with my parents. They live in Jersey, and I still mm. stuck it out in New York. And maybe because I'm like, you know, I'm in my 20s, so I'm just like, I just want to be in the city. I want to be, you know, where where the action is. It's just like the even was people, yeah, or was right. But even still now, it's like I, <laughs> yeah, I live right next here, to Riverside sure. Park. I just walk out. I can drink, you know. I could just like take the subway and go anywhere. And I don't know. In Jersey, it's like you can't just leave the house and and walk places like everything's mm. like five six that's the thing about la it's like when i was doing comedy clubs out there 
I'm like, in New York, you do four shows a night, right? Boom, boom, boom. Everything's, like, the the island of Manhattan itself is, like, what, like a five, six-mile radius, right? Mm-hmm. So in L.A., I'm booking all these shows, and then I hit the fucking Uber or whatever. Like, I hit, like, maps Ugh. how I get there. It's, like, 47 minutes away. I'm like, oh, shit, it's I'm going to make the spot. I remember I would book – I booked – a whole week, I booked like three shows a night. Every night, I had to cancel the last show. It was, it was, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing about LA as a New Yorker or like an East Coaster or whatever. You go and you're like, all right, let's go. I'll hit the ground running, and then you realize you can only get like two things done a day there in LA. Like the shit, he, yeah, you yeah. can't get things. You can literally only get two things done, and people are like, oh my god, today I did laundry and I had one audition. You're like, what the fuck? And it took yeah. them like six hours, you know? Yeah. I, I had really visceral anger and, <laughs> and such fr- frustration when I was in L.A. the last time I was there because it also takes you so much longer to go like two miles. In New York, you can easily walk two miles. And yeah. in L.A., you can't walk. You can't walk. Yeah. It's just so crazy. And you're stuck in traffic and it's just awful. And fuck, I hate it. I, I really I, hate I it. I went out there and I remember everyone I was – hanging out with or met always had a meeting they're like i got meetings yeah. all day i got <laughs> yeah. a meeting tomorrow what are you doing tomorrow i got a meeting i'm like what what the fuck like i was like i was staying with this girl while i was out there and she i didn't even like i was like i don't even believe you have a job like she's like i mean she had like whatever five hundred thousand followers on instagram but like i was hanging out with her i'm like like so what are you doing today she goes oh, i have a meeting with a client i'm like <laughs> Okay, like what else? He's like, yeah, then I'll, I'll I'll come to your show tonight. I'm like, how are you? She lived like right on Sunset too. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't understand. Yeah. I just don't get it. It's true. They all have meetings and they are very flaky. I know that like they hate oh, yeah. that stereotype, but they are. They're so flaky. I don't know what they do all day either, but they do go to bed way earlier there. They're all in bed by like nine in L.A. Everyone's yeah, opt- so opportunistic, dude. I mean, I, I, I mean, I kind of get it. So, you, you, like, I mean, listen, I'm that way too. In a way, it's like if I have a gig and then a better gig comes up, I'll, I'll fucking cancel that gig. You know, it's like it, it's yeah, for course. me. You know, um, now it's got to align with my values. Like one time, I had this one nighter, and then I asked, I got asked to open for Damon Wayne's Jr. for like 18 shows. I was like, I told the guy, I'm like, hey, listen, man, like, what the fuck you want me to do? Like, I got to take this, and he was giving mm. me shit. And the funniest thing, he was like, listen, I know I understand where you're coming from, but and then he gave me shit. I'm like, you don't understand what I'm coming from. Like, how so? Like, so you want me to take a hundred bucks instead of fucking like seven grand I could be making like the, the, whatever I made that whole week. Like, you're 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 out of your mind, you know? Yeah, that's tough. It's but, always tough. The ego when egos are hurt, that's always tough. And you just got to go. Yeah. Yeah, throw your hands up and go. I gotta be honest. Okay. I gotta be honest though. Like, I think like, uh, you know, that, there's that ruling in um, show business. Like, yeah, check your ego at the door. I will say this. I think like, I don't want to say you have no ego, but like, you are super successful. Like, I've looked at your IMDb. You have 187 million credits. I mean, you've got some great. Like, I looked at. It, I'm like, this is a great show. That's a great show. And you do all this voice acting, and like I've been listen. People have been telling me my whole life is like you should get into voice acting. You should. Why aren't you doing? You should. Voices? You have a great voice. I hear that all the time. And <laughs> when SAG, when I just joined SAG like right before the pandemic, and I was going to all these voiceover workshops. And oh, congrats! Thank you. And they're like, "Hey, you need your own studio," and blah blah blah. And it's like, 
you know, it's like anything. Like, if you don't know about it from the outside, it seems intimidating. But, like, how, mm. did, you, like, how did you get into voice acting? Like, how, or how did you become, like, successful at it, I guess, is more what I'm curious about. Um, I got into voice acting just by coincidence, just by being an actor, I guess, or being in, in show business. Um, I started... I did a lot of language learning programs, super unglamorous and very, very fucking boring. Um, so like sitting in a booth for maybe like six hours, just um, uh, speaking voca German vocabulary words without right. any intonation, like rennen, laufen, lachen. Oh my God, that sounds perfect. For six hours, it was fucking grueling um and then i dubbed chloe kardashian for german uh television so that was like oh my god lama was machst du da du hast so einen fetten arsch kim wollen wir noch ein selfie machen <laughs> geil omg um so i did that and then um i got um a voice agent here in new york and I, I started booking a lot of german stuff because you know the pool is smaller and i you you speak you speak Spanish, right? I'm guessing. <laughs> no. You don't. I speak Mandarin. Oh, okay. I do speak Mandarin though. Oh, you speak Mandarin. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, I don't know if you have an accent in Mandarin, but if you don't, then like your chances of booking work increase because the pool is smaller, right? right of right. people who can do that. Yes. And so I started booking all the German language stuff, and then you're asking how I became successful at it. I would say that. Overwatch, the video game that I booked, um, that just sort of was a was a stroke of luck for me, you know, and that kind of like put me into a different category of like voice actors because the people that did um, voice the big characters on this game became so popular and Rolling Stone wrote an article about us saying that we're the Beatles of voice actors. Wow. Um I'm Ringo. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that kind of was, that was just super lucky. I mean, you know, sure, I could say like, oh, it was the accumulation of like years and years of work and auditioning and this and that. But to be honest, it was definitely luck. And I just thought it was another gig that I had booked. And I was like, great, you know, yeah. they're paying like doubles of the session fee and this will be fun. And I went in and then I saw the character and I was like, oh, this is really, really cool. And then the director was like, this is going to be a big deal. And I didn't really believe her. And then it all <laughs> sort of blew up. And then one of the guys on the game, Johnny Cruz, he made this video with a bunch of the voice actors and it went viral. And then the fans started to become really interested in us as people. And that kind of was a phenomenon that hadn't really happened exactly like that before. There, There's voice actors that are very popular, but they're popular for like a body of work. Right. Um, and so with us, it was different because we became super popular just for the characters on this game and people sort of went nuts for us. And then out of that, obviously, that's why like I got a voice on World of Warcraft and yeah. I had done the Red Dead Redemption 2 before. Oh my God. But so that hits. all, all came out of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and and but I I do think that like doing the language learning programs and all that stuff um gave me a really good foundation to like get to know my voice or how to use a microphone, how to be in a studio, you know, just to like kind of 
figure figure all that stuff out. Um, and then and then the people at Blizzard who produce Overwatch and World of Warcraft are really great because they know what they're they very specifically know what they're looking for in a voice. So you can't really fuck the audition up. Right. Um, because right. if you have what they're looking for, they'll hear it, even if you're not like hitting yeah. the right intonations or you're not, you know. So you so. just do what you do. It was luck. So for, the, for like, this is something I realized, especially with auditions. It's like, I just do the best I can. Um, but sometimes you're just not what they're looking for. Like, you could be yeah. like amazing. And, most but, of the times. <laughs> yeah, most, most of the time, right. But you can be amazing, and they're just like, well, we're just looking for a different voice or a different look, and it doesn't matter. Totally. And then it's, it's, it took me a while, from uh, probably like three years of auditioning, to really like just be like, just do the best you can, do just do your take on it. And it's got to just – I tell my girlfriend all the time, she's like, how come you – you know, what's going on? You're not booking? And she's like, dude, you know how many like hoops I have to fucking jump through? It's not even just like – the person looking at the audition in the audition room is, is usually an assistant, you know? And then it's got to go to the casting director. Then it's got to go to um, production, the director. It's just you just got to clear so many um, things before. Yeah. And you have and you have to just keep getting through every level. Um, well, yeah. And I think if you've ever been on the other side or you've ever written anything <clears throat> that like you've looked to cast, right. you understand that it's not anything personal. Right. You right. know that it really is just about like what do you have in mind and. You know, a person can be so great and perfect and hilarious or, you know, whatever, but it's just not the right thing for that part. Absolutely. Or then on the other hand, you could have something very specific in mind and someone comes along and you're like, oh, that's actually more interesting. Yes. But then also yes. that's not personal either. It's just it's just sort of a thing. And yeah, exactly. You just do your best. And and, um, you know, there's one guy on the game that does the voice for um one of the characters and he uh had been auditioning with that voice like for years yeah not you know and not every audition but he had been trying that out every once in a while and it never hit <laughs> and nobody ever wanted that character that he had already sort of developed and had and right. then when this audition came along it was the right thing you exactly, know so yeah. that's another thing you 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 shouldn't take it personal in the sense of like that you're not doing it right or that you're bad at it of course there's always room to improve but but yeah if you are truly doing your best um and you're getting good feedback but not booking that means you're doing it right you just haven't found the right thing and some right. people are also very very specific like you know there are i think there are voices or faces that um are you know more generic or that you can sort of apply to more situations or stories yes. than other people that have very sort of specific looks or specific sounds and mm -hmm. and then that means that it will take even longer for you to to book but then when you do you become known for that very specific thing right right um, right then you're, i don't know then it's like aubrey brand. plaza yeah. yeah you know it's like well, someone you... like that who's like so odd and unique mm -hmm. that um i'm sure it took her a long time to to find the right thing, you right. know, to book. Well, you say that this is something um, I'm hoping to happen. It's like, but, but I hear this all the time. It's like when you book one thing um, or you start booking stuff, you start booking more consistently. And you were saying that you booked, um, 
you were booking work and then you booked Overkill. Is it over? It's Overwatch. Sorry. Overwatch. Overwatch. Right. Overkill's <laughs> good too, though. I'm overkill. <laughs> I and love then, it. but then the other, like you know, the war, uh, war, war, it's I, war of Worldcraft. Like all the other stuff just just comes World flying of at you. Like, is that yeah. true? Like, does it like? No. Okay, so you can't. No, rest. that's not true. <laughs> okay. No, that's not true at all. Oh, I think all right. that's always um, that. You know the Duplass brothers, those filmmakers. Have you heard of them? Um, they there's a great uh, interview with one of them, and um, he talks about how they made their first film, and it was a huge success, and everybody wanted it at Sundance, and they were completely unknown, and just like uh, two brothers making independent films, right. and a bidding war started. Everybody wanted their film. They got these big agents, and the agents were like, "Here we go! Now the cavalry's coming! The cavalry's coming! Here we go!" Yeah. And then the cavalry didn't come, and then they made the next film, and the next film like was hugely successful, and they got an even bigger, bigger budget, and like you know, and then everybody was like, "Now the cavalry's coming." Anyway, that continued to happen until he was like, "We realized, like, no, we're the cavalry," you know. And I think that is true. I think that's you know, the grass is always greener. You always look at these people and you go, "Oh my god, like they're so successful and." They booked this thing and now they're just flying. And I think that there's moments in your career or in your life where that may happen, where you like have momentum and all this stuff comes flying at you. But um, I would be very suspicious of anybody that pretends that's how it works. Like um, I am still hustling because just as hard as I was when I was waiting tables and like checking actors access every five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I just think like the categories change, you know what I mean? Like in the beginning, you're just trying to book a short film or just trying to book like an industrial and then you do that. And then you're just trying to book like a national commercial or, or a TV gig. And then you do that. And then you're, so you're always, you know, like moving into different categories and it, it kind of stays equally as hard to, to, keep getting jobs and i think yeah. just in general like it's such a flooded industry there's so many people competing for the same jobs now yeah. and so yeah yeah it's It'll, hard well, it's, it's like always with hard. the with great power comes great responsibility to quote uh, <laughs> yeah but it's like if you're like like for me it's like when you're an open mic comic you're like i gotta do as many open mics as i can i gotta try to get exactly. this spot at the club once you get in the club then you're doing the 15 minute spots. You're following, you know, yep. Greer Barnes or whoever, and it's like, and then you're working even harder. It doesn't like get easier. Like once you get what you want, all right, exactly. this is what you asked for, and uh, you better be ready for it. Like, yep. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then you know whatever. You, let's say you at the Comedy Cellar, you get your audition, you get in. Woo! No resting because now you have to fucking kill every time. Then you become a theater act. You got to fill seats and you got to do an hour. Then you become a whatever. You're on Netflix. Exactly. And you got to have a new hour next year. It's doesn't get any easier. You yep. Know? No, it but. doesn't get any easier for sure. But yeah, I definitely didn't expect that um, that this gig would turn into what it turned into. Like I, some I get like recognized for it. That must like be on amazing. the street sometimes. It's so weird because it's a voice, you know, and it's right. like the character doesn't look like me. So they can hear your voice. Um, they can hear you on the street ordering like Starbucks and like, ah, it, yeah, Overwatch. <laughs> no, they like know our faces from stuff. Oh, um, right, right, right. So like I went to CVS one night because oh, wow. I was like, fuck, I don't have toothpaste. So I like basically went out in my pajamas and it was like 3 a.m. And I was like, I went into the CVS and there was a line. I was like, what the fuck? There's a line. So I'm standing there and this girl walks in and she walks past me and she goes, oh! and I'm like, what? And she goes, 
oh my God, I know you. Uh, and I was like, fuck, who is that? Where did I meet her? Right. And she's like, oh my God, you're mercy, you're mercy. Can I get a selfie, please? And I had to be, I was like, oh my God, like now I'm in my pajamas. I'm yeah. not wearing makeup. <laughs> like, fuck, now I I'm knew, one of those people. I you know, knew, that's I knew like, it was going to go there with the pajamas. Like, I'm not uh, ready to be, to be yeah, recognized. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I was like, um, can we go into this dark corner over here? Um, and part, it was partially like, oh, that was like a fun experience. And then part of me was like, oh my God, if that was like my life constantly, I would fucking lose it. I know. I had a stalker in oh, Abu geez. Dhabi. I was in Abu Dhabi at a Comic-Con and the stalker followed us to the desert. Like all this wild shit has happened. It's pretty crazy. And it's really funny to be like, uh like a celebrity in a in like a very specific like subset right. of like the do they, world do they know your name your real name or do they keep calling you mercy like like what is it like yeah so a lot of them know our real names okay. uh but they call most of them will be like oh my god you're mercy oh my god oh my god oh my god yeah, you know yeah. um which is cute but also frightening yeah that's so like I, I I don't have you are you uh, I don't know how much you get recognized but I've been recognized like I don't know seven times just from comedy mm. like and I mean I I, I I guess at some point it's got to get annoying but it feels pretty fucking good right now <laughs> yeah no it's always nice it's always yeah. nice I think it's always weird because it happens in like unexpected places right. and un I never expect it I don't go out on the street and I'm like oh somebody is gonna stop me no you can't ask for an autograph um <laughs> so i'm always like, like wait what um but but i guess it's nice to see that something that you've done or you've been a part of has like touched people's lives i guess or excites yeah. them or yeah. you know gives them joy so that's nice yeah I, i'm sure. uh, i totally agree that's the whole uh purpose of of doing what we do you know is to bring joy yeah. bring entertainment you know just just help people like you know with their lives i'm i'm at <laughs> yeah. this i'm at this phase of like doing comedy where people are like not recognized but like you know like i'll get dms all like oh my god like i i, I you're so great like i think your stuff's fantastic i just did a, a show yesterday a virtual one i got two people like messaged me like other comics were like dude you're so great i was so i'm so lucky to be on the show with you i'm like and then i always my girlfriend's like helped me out with this she's like I always be like, ah, oh, dude, come on, man. I'm one of you. I'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just trying to do it. She's just like, just say thanks and just shut the fuck up already. Like, <laughs> yeah, she, I'm bad at it too. I'm always bad at taking the compliment. It's, it's right. It's uncomfortable. And you just kind of want to be like, no, 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 no. Just, just come on, come on. And I'm trying to get to this point now where I'm trying to just accept it. Be nice and be humble, obviously, but I don't need to shower people with my insecurity, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um one of the first times i got recognized was in a cafe in new york and the waiter came up to me and he was like oh i'm so sorry this is a bit unprofessional but for some reason i in my mind was convinced that he was gonna ask me to leave because i wasn't having any food i was just having coffee <laughs> and so like i was like ready to go off on him i had this whole monologue in my head like i used to wait tables you can't tell me to fucking leave i don't know what what oh he didn't even approach me he was like i'm so sorry this is so unprofessional i don't know what made me think he was gonna kick me out it's like imposter syndrome i don't know what that is yeah and i was ready to like curse him out and be like you know what fuck you and then i started listening to him he was like i'm such a huge fan of your work and i was like what yeah, I was just about to curse you out. So, but that's yeah, good. Though. That means you're humble. That means you you worked for, you had a point in your life where 
that was probably what would why oh, the only reason why someone would come up to you and be like, hey, you know. but you know what there's these people and i'm always fascinated by them um that like know the algorithm to like making people shower them with compliments oh yes like and like keep going like i always shut it down like i'm always like if somebody compliments me i'm like oh no and then they're they're like oh or i'll start showering them but there's these people like on social media, especially, you know, those people I'm talking about, they're yes. like, yes. they have this way of being like, hey, guys, I just wanted to say thanks for everything. What I do means nothing. So yeah. just don't worry to like get people to be like, no, what are you talking about? Right, You're right. everything. I've always been fascinated by those people. I'm like, how do you, that's like an algorithm that you figured out to they're, like make people shower you with compliments. They're, they're lonely and they know that if they do that, like they're going to get what they want. Like you will get a compliment if you say something like that, you know, like I guess you will so. get people like, you're so. such a good person. Oh my God. Yeah. You're, you're an angel. <laughs> like, Oh, we, more, I wish more people were like you and you're just, just bathing in that, you know? And it's, it's cheap because it's just, yeah, I knew it. Those people yeah, drive me cheap. fucking bananas, but I think yeah, you, you I think you were kind of an insecure person, right? When you were growing up in high school, like you told me, you got your yearbook from high school, and most people, you know, they hang around, get them signed. You know, it's the last time you're going to see these people, but you just took it and fucking ran. <laughs> I hated high school. I really did. And I was friends. And, I, yeah, I was always super insecure. I think that, like, I'm one of those um, introverted extroverts, you know, sure. that people talk about. So people – I'm actually super shy, but people are, always think that that's a crazy thing. Um to say when you're outgoing, like I'm outgoing, but I'm shy. And, um, I was super insecure in high school. I didn't like anybody in my grade. I was friends with, I was mostly friends with older kids. So I think when I graduated, um, I just was like, I want to get the fuck out of here. I can't wait to not be in this like judgment zone and feel awkward and weird around people. And, People thought I was, like, this, like, mysterious sort of, like, cool girl, but I never felt that way. I always felt like I said the wrong thing and did the wrong thing, and and, um, I always felt like I didn't fit in, you know, which I I think is everybody's thing. I know your type, and I mean mean type is, like, I've done so many of these podcasts, like, I could, like, kind of, like, high school type. Like, I know a bunch of people that were, like, friends with everyone in the grade above them anytime like like i knew this one kid his name was mike and every party he was he was a junior when i was a senior he would be at every senior party he was better friends with all the other seniors and he had like an older brother so i guess that kind of helped but like i was kind of thinking like this guy's a fucking junior how come he's cooler with all the 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 seniors like more than me i'm a goddamn senior i don't get it and I remember that when we all graduated and he became a senior, he was kind of alone, like because mm. he never really built friendships with people in his grade. But people always were like, "Oh, he you know hangs up with upperclassmen. He must be super fucking cool, super popular." And then he kind of had to like step down a bit, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like people, you know, people people oddly talk shit about those kind of people that hang out with the olders. Like they, I guess they. I guess there's got to be some envy because, you know, the older kids always seem cooler and like. Right. They always seem cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that. Is I that... decided. Yeah. 
Yeah, sort of, I guess. I decided in my last year that I would um, smoke so much weed outside of school that people would just leave me alone because <laughs> I, I was like, I'm going to be the like pothead of the grade and people are just going to leave me alone. Um, and then I remember one time my school, um, Eunice, it's it's on 23rd and FDR and it's yes. this building that like um, juts out into the river, mm -hmm. basically into the East River. So we're right on the East River. Um, so one time... I went and smoked a joint outside by the by the river and I went uh, back inside and I was in the cafeteria like kind of stoned I think looking for a fucking cookie or whatever. Yeah. And this kid Will Rizzuto, I remember this red-haired kid who became like a ski instructor I think. <laughs> he came up to me and he was like, "Yo, Lucy." And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, Yo, I found a roach outside with red lipstick on it. I guess I was wearing red lipstick that day. Yeah, yeah. And um, I threw it in the river for you. I got you. And I was like, what a nerd. <laughs> I like, thought he was so, I was like, ugh. Yeah, that's, but, um, I love how he thought but, that was so like, I, I'm sorry, I love how he thought that was going to like get your attention. Yeah, like you picked up my experience. used bud, <laughs> my used roach that I slobbered uh, on and you tossed it like, what? You, you're disgusting. Don't touch me. <laughs> I mean, it was cute, but. And I was like, oh, thanks. But in my head, I was like, oh, everybody in my grade sucks. And I kind of like embraced this, like, I'm just a loner and I'm like the theater person. And I'm, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I skipped so much school too in my last year, my senior year that I remember one time I went to school and it was closed because it was a holiday. Mm -hmm. Wait, you And went, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I and I was like, what? The one day I try to go to school, it's a fucking holiday. I didn't know. It was like some like right. we our school closed on like Martin Luther King Day and stuff like that. So, so you, you were your school Eunice is the United Nations International School. Yeah, exactly. United right. Nations International So Will Rizzuto, like was he from like Italy or something? Like like why was he there? No, Will Rizzuto was a neighborhood kid. So it was mostly diplomat like kids that whose parents worked for the UN oh, and then sure. there was like a a bunch of oddballs like me that just like whose parents like immigrants um and then there was neighborhood kids like kids that grew up in the neighborhood that I you see. know whose parents were able to afford the it's like a cheaper now it's I think very expensive, but back then it was like one of the cheapest private schools in the city. Yeah, and so he he was from the neighborhood, mm -hmm. so that's why he went to. He was an American kid, but I'm guessing that he had some sort of Italian heritage um, yeah. with yeah, a name you, like Rizzuto. Well, yeah, United Nations International School. That sounds like fucking like we've taken the best, smartest people from all parts of the world and we put them in this school. Well, yeah, that was that was why my parents uh, wanted to send us there. They we moved here when I was eight from Germany. My parents are artists, and my parents are both uh, post-war kids. And for them, it was like the biggest dream was to like send their kids to a school with diversity right. and people from all over the world. And I remember uh, when my parents told us we were moving to New York, I was like, I don't want to move. And I started crying. I was like, no, I don't want to go. Like, how yeah. can I even go? I don't even speak English. And I remember my dad, he was like, you're going to go to the United Nations International School and you're going to marry a Nigerian prince. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to marry a Nigerian prince. I didn't even know what he was talking about. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, no. Um, and I have to say, like, that's one of my regrets about um, high school, 
that I didn't appreciate um, that, that I didn't realize like how special that was to, to grow up like that because I went to a school with people from literally all over the world. Yeah. Like there's not a country or a place that there wasn't a kid in that school that was right. from there. So I had to learn the hard way that not everybody grows up like that. And then after high school, when I went to acting school, I moved back to Germany for a while to go to acting school there because yeah. I'm a citizen and it's free. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, people <laughs> are like, don't don't have this experience. Like everybody was German in right. my class. Right. There was no immigrants. Mm-hmm. I w- and I was the immigrant. I was the weirdo because I'd grown up in New York and my mom... My mom isn't German. She's Romanian and she's Jewish. And and so I had like a bit of a culture shock. And that's when I started to realize like, oh, shit, that's unique. I mean, that's unique to growing up in New York. And then on top of it, the international school. Right. Um, that's not an experience everybody has, you know. That's great because, you know, you, you come in contact with so many different cultures and, and lifestyles and people. It's like. The worst thing, and the thing that freaks me out is like whenever you go to a part of the country and everyone's the fucking same. Yeah. It's like, it's like, and then they, they say insensitive things and you want to be like, well, and then you're like, wait a minute, this is all they know. You know, like they, they only yeah. know about Asians from rush hour, you know? So <laughs> yeah. Or like when you meet people who are like, um, the, f- I was 23 the first time I met a Jewish person. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, whoa, what? That's fucking nuts. Or also so funny about what's happening with Hilaria Baldwin right now. Yeah. You know the whole story, right? And it's so funny to me because she talks about like growing up, you know, like uh, like between two cultures and cross-culturally or whatever and that she's so proud. And it's so obvious that it's fake because, and I'm sure you you know what I'm talking about here, because if you truly grow, grow up cross-culturally, you don't speak to like, it's not about like, I'm so proud that I grew up cross-culturally. No, no there's like a lot of stuff. There's a lot of like struggle and a lot of like confusion and pain and sort of like, there's a lot of growth that you do yeah. Um, faster than other people growing up like that, I think. Yeah. So if you actually grew up like that and you speak to it, you don't speak to it in this way that she does where she's like, I'm so proud of who I am. I'm just proud of who I am and that's yeah. why I'm putting... It's like, no, that, that's not what it is. I, I think especially you know? in high school, if you're mixed... Well, I'm mixed race, so like... And uh, I, I used to lie a lot. I didn't want to be mm-hmm. unique because that's what you are. If you're mixed race, you know, totally. it's easy to be like... You know, you go to you go in the cafeteria during lunchtime. You see all the you know, white kids together, the black kids mm-hmm. together. Like when you're mixed race, it's not easy as just pick a side because then you're only yeah. half. So like you're not like pure blood, and they treat you just a little differently. So I I was I, I now it's now it's like because of show business because I'm older. I'm like I embrace it. I'm mixed race. This is so unique. This yep. is so cool. But before it's just like I, I'm just I would just say I'm white or Chinese or just full this or just whatever exactly that's exactly what i mean that's exactly what i mean and exactly so like i'm german and i'm jewish my mom's romanian then we moved here we spoke german at home like it's very like i have a very typical sort of um immigrant family in the sense uh of that like my dad doesn't speak english well i have to translate for him you know So, and I was always like, kind of like, all right, am I European? Am I American? Am I Jewish? What am I? Like, I didn't grow up religiously, but then again, like, you know, obviously my mother's side of the family, 
our uh, my my whole life has been impacted by the war you know like they were displaced they all their shit was taken from them so like they didn't have generational wealth they weren't able to accumulate you know like all that stuff that goes into it right. and and i remember when i started writing my first um comedy show and I would watch John Leguizamo's Freak, yeah, like over and over and over again. And I and he I, and you've seen it, right? Yeah. I'm guessing. I haven't seen it, but I know John. Like I know it very well. Right. Yeah. So if you watch it, the HBO special that he did, he comes out on um onto the stage, and he's like, oh, all my all my black people like bark, all my um all my Latin people meow, and then he's like, all my white people, and then he says like a really long Spanish sentence very fast that they obviously can't yeah, yeah, repeat. Yeah. So everybody laughs, and so immediately you know like his community. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And he and and I'd watch it and like be so envious because I'd be like, what would I do? What would I say? I'd be like, all my German, American, Romanian, Jewish, like people who don't know who they are and like don't know where they fit in. Yeah. Like bar, you know. So I see. that was definitely um, that was definitely in high school something that like I remember being German was so uncool. We all <laughs> wanted to be like Puerto Rican or we wanted to be like yeah. we wanted to be, you know, we grew up in New York and we were kids, but we were immigrants. And so we wanted to be like more New York than like right. people who were born here. You know what I mean? And then you start. So that's why that way you start like that's why you see all these like whatever Indian girls or age, aging, whatever girls in high school, they're all like, like white or whatever. Cause they got like the, the, the hair dye and like the, sh- yeah. the bubble top and the, and the, and the, the jean shorts. And oh it's yeah. Like, totally. Yeah. Oh, oh, just like a white girl. Cause like, that's what's like cool and accepted. That's like, yeah. The but that's crowd, why, right? like what, when I hear this whole thing with Hilaria Baldwin and her being like, I'm so proud. And I grew up culturally. I'm like, to someone who knows what that means, you know immediately that that's bullshit because if you actually grew up cross-culturally, you'll speak to like how difficult and complex that is, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's not just about like having um, a flamenco fan at your wedding. Right. That's not what that means. You also, know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like maybe it's going to be different with this new generation of mixed race people, but like. There's always some like when you make like meet grandparents from mixed race families, you could they, they, you could tell they have like a I don't know why they married uh, Puerto Rican. I don't know why they like you have that kind of feeling. All right, this is like the odd daughter <laughs> to the odd thing, you know? Uh, why don't you just marry like I I my parents have had those arguments when like we've met we've gone to like family when I was very young. Like I remember my mom and dad getting argue- into an argument when we we're about to go see our grandparents, and like she was like, "Well, you should have just married a Puerto Rican, like like your mom wanted it." And I'm just like, "Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, yeah, I remember that my my dad's mother, when um, she found out my mom was Jewish, she said to my dad, and granted, they don't have a good relationship, and she's definitely not a nice lady, but she was like, "Why do you always have to drag our family through the mud?" Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's so Game of Thrones but... to be like, you dishonor the name. <laughs> get out yeah. of my, get out of my fucking uh, island. Yes, my grandma is actually the Khaleesi, so um, oh, yeah? this is a good place to announce that. Is that right? I know no fucking, uh, I was going to say Lord of the Rings. I know no go- Game of Thrones references, but I thought yeah. that one sounded good. Khaleesi I did meet. Yeah. I did meet Hodor at um, <laughs> Comic-Cons, though, and he's my friend. 
I just real I just I've just started watching it. And I just got to the episode where we find out where Hodor means, which is so lame, right? It's it just means lame. It, it's hold the door. Lame. Yes, but spoiler. But apparently, my girlfriend was like, when that happened, that was like a big thing. People were putting Hodor photos on elevators and shit. Like, <laughs> he's really? a really nice guy he's a northern irish guy he's a dj that's what he does really? usually christian nairn yeah oh really cool God. guy huge he's so gigantic yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm very small so but i love him he's a cool guy I, um he does these um he does these events called rave of thrones oh wow. like these like raves basically that he djs and people go nuts I've been wow. to one. I, I went to one in Phoenix. We we're at a Comic Con together. It was pretty funny. <laughs> that's, that's the amazing thing, especially uh, with like, like, for example, like with with Hodor and his, you know, now is I'm sure like he was a DJ before, and now is the he has a, his DJ company or whatever his his music is popping now because he's got this like um, yeah a, a, a window where people can kind of see him. You, I think you probably have that too with uh, the Overwatch. Now you're like you know your cooking show, your comedy. Now you have like fans and people that love you. And you're like, this mm -hmm. is the stuff I'm interested in. This is more Lucy. And you can get a yep. bigger audience for that. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's pretty cool because I get – because a lot of the video game uh, nerds, they have never left their basement before. <laughs> <laughs> so – but this is actually true. Like, a lot of them uh, come came to my comedy shows when comedy shows were still happening. Yeah. Um, live comedy shows at least uh, and they would tell me after the show they'd come up to me and they'd be like ah, this is the first comedy show I've ever been to and that always made me so proud this is the first or time I've they, ever been out of the house <laughs> yeah they're like this is the first time I've had human contact ever yeah. in my life or one of them this was so funny he was like I never thought I would like comedy. My dad watches comedy. I was like, oh. wow, I feel old now. What the fuck? Um, but yeah, these like 17, 18 year olds or like even 15, 16, they come to my shows and it's the first live experience and they love it. There's there's a group. So the show that you were on, Immigrant Jam, yeah, yeah. which is on Twitch now, Great which job. I used to run live in New York. I started at QED in, in Astoria. And this group of video game fans would come every single month. It was a monthly show. Yeah. And they'd never seen comedy before. And then they'd start following other comics that would be on the show. So Great. they'd go yeah. to see that person's show. And then they and so they became like comedy fans mm -hmm. through through the show, which made me very proud. That's amazing. Yes. And you're doing I mean, it's so hard for comics to to get a fan base. Like you're doing a doing a huge service for these comics. You know, I'm sure they're <laughs> exactly. All, yeah. That's what I'm doing. That's right. Even if you're not you're trying, right. even if you're not trying, <laughs> it's amazing. Like, it's great. Like, I'm doing a service. Anytime I get a, I'm the comedy angel. You are. My character is an angel. Comedy, comedy claws over here. <laughs> comedy claws, exactly. <laughs> I, I want to ask you this. This is you. You brought this up about your um your dad not speaking uh english well or speaking like you had to translate things for him right but were you able mm -hmm. to talk to him in in uh what's the language you guys share german language? oh you got so you guys speak german. german together all the time yeah we always speak german okay, together. Okay. yeah because i have a big thing with my mom i like i speak mandarin but not well but my mom it's her second language so mm. i've had a whole and this is definitely why i've become a comedian and stuff but it's like whenever i've had like real problems in my life you know it's been a struggle to like try to communicate my problems to her. Not cause she's just mm. my mom and I'm like, Oh, this lost my virginity. And that's, it's weird, but it's also like, I, I, was I, that I, a problem? I, was that, 
Was that a problem? Losing my virginity or, or telling <laughs> Losing your virginity. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to lose it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, go on. So so it was hard to communicate it's because hard. of a language barrier. The language barriers. Even today, if I, like something bad happens, I want to be like, well, you know, my career, like my gig, whatever. I can't. Like, I'd say it. And she goes, huh? Like, so I just get a hot. And then I go, ah, oh, fuck it. You know, like. And I could, like, obviously take the time to explain it to her, but then it's, like, explaining, explaining. It's, like, a, a tra I'm translating almost, and mm. it's tough to, like uh, – so now, like, I've, I go to therapy, so, like, I pretty much just vent all my shit to my therapist. But mm. I felt like, um, for me, that was uh, – I thought I thought for so, – originally when you said your dad, you know, you had to translate stuff for him, I thought that's what kind of you were going in that kind of mm. yeah no we share a language but i definitely um my dad will get there are things that sometimes i don't know how to sort of say correctly in german i guess although my german is perfect but mm. sometimes there is like a language barrier or i or i realize like oh it's something is getting lost because he can't understand how i would say this in english and then he'll get really frustrated or like sometimes when uh, he wants me to translate like a New York Times article for him or something. And I'm like, I don't know how to say this in German. He'll be like, how do you say that? What does it mean? I'm like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking look it up. So um, there is sometimes, I think that it's interesting though, because I think there is like a bit of a cultural barrier sometimes because yeah. like I grew up here and I, and I, am more American than them, obviously, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there are things some that sometimes get lost where I'm like, oh, yeah, they just don't get that. Because, like, comedy, for example. Yeah. They don't get comedy <laughs> or some of the comedy as much. Or, like, movies where I'm like, oh, Dad, you have to watch this movie. Like, I gave him Planes, Trains, and Automobiles one year. Right, right. And I was like, you have to watch this movie. It's a classic. It's so good. And he kind of, like, he's like, yeah, mm. He yeah. just doesn't really get the comedy, you know? I And I haven't done comedy overseas, but I do hear, like, the stuff we find funny. And not just, like, jokes, but, like, the subtleties and, like, the sense of humor is, is different. So, yeah, you know, so different. sarcasm and stuff could be, like, you know, completely taken the wrong way or just not as – like, totally seriously. Actually, I guess that happens in America, too. You know, you joke and people are like, oh, you'll cancel. Like, but <laughs> – but I, yeah, that I could definitely see that. Um, but for me, with my parents, um, it's just like everything. Like just even saying like I'm, I'm. Uh, what do you want for dinner? It's just like I gotta like translate and figure out a, the way to say so it. So your mom, ha so your, so your first generation, your parents yes. uh, were adults when they came here. Well, no, my dad. No, my dad grew up in uh, New York City, and my mom. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, she was an adult when she came here. She grew up in in, in Taiwan. Yeah, it's it's strange, isn't it? My grandma, who I was really close to, passed away last year. She was Romanian and uh, she spoke German, but with like a really heavy accent. And my mom didn't teach us Romanian, unfortunately, right. growing up. Yeah. And so I always felt sad like that there was like that I didn't fully know my like I knew my grandma, of course, really well. But I felt like because I could never communicate with her in her native language, like there was always a part of her that I didn't have access to. Yeah, you know? and you want to share more about you, and you just don't know how to even like put it into words, like you know. Yeah. And you just, I mean, you just know they love you, and they they give you like you know they feed you till you can't move, 
Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, that's my grandma too. Like my grandma all just only spoke Spanish, no English, and I loved her because every time I'd see her, she'd you know pet me on the head and 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 make food and <laughs> and kiss me and uh, all that stuff. But yeah, it's it just like mm, mofongo. Did she make mofongo? No, she used to make uh, pastels. And uh, dude, I mean, she died pretty uh, early on when I was a kid. But okay. I just remember going in there, New York, like small New York City apartment, and just just smelling the food. It was, mm. and then you know there'd be fucking Jurassic Park on when I was three years old. <laughs> I, I I don't know why they do that. Uh, um, that's so funny. I love it. Now I want to ask you. Great. I want to ask you this. So you told me you got in trouble a lot. You were in the principal's office a lot for wearing. Uh, Outfits that might have been a bit yeah. inappropriate. Oh, yes. Now, tell me about so, that. So, Eunice was pretty conservative, which I guess isn't a shocker, <laughs> um, considering it's, like, connected to the UN. Yeah. Um, and we had this principal who I – she was the principal in middle school, and then she became the, um, like, the high school principal when I moved to high school, which was such a bummer because she was always picking on me. And her name was Dr. Rajan. She was um, Indian, and she wore a sari. And um, if you wear the sari, like, you always have, like, um, a little skin showing. A lot of love hands. And I'm just prefacing – Yes, I'm yeah. just prefacing all yes, of this. Yes, yes. Um, just remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so me and my best friend, Philippa, who was a grade above me, um, we uh, would wear these like little baby tees and short skirts and little like baby tee dresses or whatever. And, um, Wait, so it was and a, was doctor- it a private school? So there's no uniform. The school. There was no uniform, okay, no, right. especially because it was United Nations International School, and that's right. why I'm telling, I'm talking about the sari. Right. The most important thing in our school was accepting and respecting other people's cultures. So that, so people wore hijabs, people, you know, all types, and of course there was no uniform. Um, and Dr. Rajan wore her sari, and so they started picking on us and saying that our we were dressing inappropriately like our skirts were too short our uh, shirts were too revealing because you know our midriff was showing and dr rajan like we were like a real thorn in her eye and she hated us and so um she it got to the point where she actually said that they would like uh put a um a new a new paragraph into the like school code or whatever rules saying that skirts had to be at least um, or or couldn't be more than like an inch above the knee or something and no midriffs could be showing and um, and people had to be wearing undergarments. I remember once she called me into her office and she asked me if I was wearing a bra and like now I'm like, what the fuck? Like I should have sued the yeah. fucking school for that Absolutely, you know yeah. and she would like have me sit there and she'd explain how like i'm we're distracting the boys which i also think is so fucked up it's like oh so i'm here to make sure that the boys aren't distracted like right. why can't you teach the boys it's also like if to, you like you get distracted that's fine but it's like yeah what are you retarded like you're just gonna like get distracted and <laughs> yeah. you're not gonna be able to function exactly like, you just look and, away and or, also yeah. Shouldn't you teach boys that they're going to be seeing women in the world while they're trying to work yeah. like that also, aren't like, like get used to it? Because when you when you when someone's naked in front of you, you don't want to blow your load in, in two seconds because you haven't seen <laughs> anything. 
Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I remember so clearly there was, they called an assembly because of us <laughs> and they were talking about like how, and everybody knew it was because of me and Philippa and, right. um, and she was going on and on about, and then this girl from New Zealand, um, raised her hand and she was like, now what was she wearing? I? Wait, what was she wearing? <laughs> no, Zealand? but listen, okay. she, she, she was, she like dressed super preppy and stuff and like kind of like normal, oh, but she neck. was like. Oh, uh, yeah. So she was like, can I ask? Because, you know, it was all about respecting other cultures and stuff. And we were like, what the hell? Dr. Rajan is wearing her, her sari and her midriff is showing. Right, right. Right. So we brought that up and she said, well, this is my like national dress and that's why that's okay. And then we were like, well, but then isn't this our national dress? And so this girl raised her hand and she was like, I am from New Zealand. And like my background is like Kiwi, like you know, um, Aborigine. Okay. And our national dress is a grass skirt uh-huh. and nothing else. Ooh. So would it be okay for me to just come to school topless in a grass skirt? Because you're saying that everybody's culture is respected and everybody can wear their national dress. And that was so badass because she was it. basically like supporting us, you know, right, we were yeah. like, yeah. Um, but I actually found a piece of paper that the like, director of the school i can send you a picture of it um because i don't have it here but that the director of the school um put out talking about the dress code and it's from back then and they handed it out to all of us and i wrote on it in big letters fuck you (laughs) Uh, so yeah we would get pulled into the Principal's office all the time. And I remember once I was sent home to change, which was crazy. I lived like half an hour away from the school. Um, and and then I remember in my senior year, we had a hall monitor. His name was Status. He was Greek. Status. And he would always go, Status. Oh, yeah. Okay. He was Greek. And he actually has a crazy story. So he was an actor uh-huh. who got picked out by Elia Kazan, who's a legendary um, film director who's one of the founders of the Actor Studio. Oh, shit. Uh, back in the days. Wow. Yeah. And he picked um, this guy out of um, like uh, 150 actors auditioning or like amateur actors and made him the star of his movie. I think it was called America, America. Okay. And he was nominated for an Academy Award. Status. Jesus. He was like a huge actor and yeah. then he just fell off and in like his old age became a hall monitor at Eunice. And he had like he had like a le- like a like a uh, problem with his legs so he'd like come up behind you and you go, "Excuse me, what are you doing there?" Uh-huh. And you'd be like, "Status, don't you have class?" And she put him on us. And I remember my senior year, I was wearing this red dress with like the back cut out one day. And he was like, excuse me, Lucy, what are you wearing today? Cover yourself. And I remember just going, fuck you, status. I'm a senior and I'm about to graduate. And it felt so good. But I hated that place. I just hated that place so bad. It was so, um, I hated high school. I hated being there every single day. And I, so, um, so yeah, we, we were troublemakers. I, and I. My school, too, like uh, the girls would uh, like you couldn't wear short shorts like the Sophie shorts. Um, and then you couldn't like a skirt had to be a certain area. You could, no belly button uh, revealing. Mm. But there was this one girl I remember um, actually like, you know, how you know, high school dating where you hold hands for two days. 
Like, yeah. So we kind of, um, whatever did that, but she used to like, she used to wear the skirt or whatever, she, whatever, any kind of pants. And she'd put the, the, the thong, the G string of her thong. She'd like rise it up. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And like, listen, I'm like, that's controversial like, it's it's not even controversial it's just like you could talk about like i want to dress the way you want but like when you th- that can't be more comfortable than just wearing like underwear just below <laughs> the, you know what i mean like that's a complete like this is but it looks style. cool it looks cool and it it's looks sexy. cool and it's exactly like, it's sexy it's, it's distracting but it's also like it makes whole uh makes passing time way more fun you know exactly there you go <laughs> Exactly. Well, and also, uh, it was so it, it, it just all didn't make sense to us because they had this rule that you weren't allowed to wear hats. Yeah. In school, because they thought yes. it would like start gangs. Same, same, same. But um, at the same time, uh, you could wear a hat if it was your national dress. So I remember I bought this like knitted hat and yeah. I loved it. And it like, I realized that I didn't have to like do anything with my hair. And I was always very um, lazy when it came to that. Right. So I wore it to school and I was in geography class in high school. And the geography teacher was like, take your hat off. And I was like, no. And he was like, yes, no hats allowed. And I was like, this is my religion. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he was like, oh, really? What's your religion? And I was like, I'm Rastafari. and so he i was such a bullshitter too and so he was like oh really you are and i was like yeah i am and he goes okay great then in tomorrow's class you're gonna do a report on your religion for the class and Mm -hmm. i was like okay i will and i knew nothing about rastafarianism And so I like ran to the library after the class and I started researching it and I was like, oh my God, I actually want to be Rastafari. This is fucking amazing. And I like cut out all these like Haile Selassie like photos and pasted them all over my notebooks and like wrote all these quotes. And and then I sat my family down, all because I just wanted to wear the hat. So Mm. I, and so then I sat my family down and I was like, I just wanted to let you guys know I'm Rastafari now. Um, so I can't have salt and I can't have meat and I'm not going to use soap. <laughs> and my mom was like, oh my God, is that a cult? My mom didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, I did the report, um, a very in-depth report. And so I continued to be Rastafari for like two months and I actually managed to get like to, to, to get by, like not have to take off my hat because right. in every class, every teacher would be like, take off your hat. And I'd be like, no, it's my religion. You can't. You can't make me take off my hat. <laughs> right, right. I, I never got, like, yeah. it was the same thing in my high school. You couldn't wear a hat. And, yeah, it was like, oh, it could be a gang thing. Or you could, like, store, I guess, store drugs in your fucking hat. I don't even know what. But it's like, I don't yeah, know. Like, I guess. By the way, can I just interrupt for one second? I'm getting all these text messages from people being like, tell me you're watching this. Uh, so maybe yeah, just should, as a yeah. historical document, we can acknowledge um, that the Capitol is being stormed by Trump supporters right as, now. As soon as we started the podcast, <laughs> Lucy's <laughs> mom called her like, are you watching this? <laughs> and then she's like, no, mom, I have to talk about how in high school <laughs> I showed my tits to everyone. <laughs> Bye. Exactly. <laughs> my mom's like, again, that story. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're absolutely I, I was just, you know, that that was pondering off. I did think like. You know, because, you know, we're both addicted to our phones. We're 2021 people. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, who's tweeting at me? Who's this? I'm like, oh, shit. I wonder if uh, 
the I'm getting messages saying this is insanity. Pro-Trump protesters force U.S. Capitol into lockdown. Oh shit! All right, let's then so. let's let's wrap up here and uh, let's. Uh, there's a national crisis on hand, so let's. Uh, wrap <laughs> up <here>. But uh, <laughs> to be continued. Yeah. Um, so if you. So I sent you a photo, right? Yes. But and I just I want to preface the photo. That's what I wore to my prom. That was prom night. What? <laughs> I have a photo that's worse, and I decided not from the back where you, actually what my you, ass is hanging out uh, and, okay. and decided not to send you that one think, but like it's funny you say that's worse i'm like that's to me that's that's better <laughs> worse would be like if you look no that's dumb. worse i'm like a fucking 18 year old that is that's what i wore to my prom i get it but it's uh, yeah i yeah it's like a like a, it's like a pedophile where i'm like that's not a big deal but it's like <laughs> i listen I'm, I'm a big like just do what you want as long as you don't bother i me too people, you know but I guess if your ass is hanging out when you're eight, I guess that is kind of, I don't know. I, I see me. It's just like, I don't, I'm secure. Like, I'm not going to. No, I, I didn't hurt anybody. Exactly. Yeah. I thought, I think it's fine. I was just like, maybe I don't send the picture with my yeah. ass hanging See, out. I'm looking at this and I'll, I'll pull it up on the, I'll put it in the screens for everyone to see. But it's like, this, you wore this to your prom. This is, this is mm-hmm. like more effort than going to a men's warehouse or wherever and looking for a, a dress or a suit. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? Like yeah. you, you, you thought this out. Your hair is done in a specific way. Like this is. Yeah, this I had cool, fun yeah. with it. And like, I remember yeah. like, uh, you, it seemed like you were a little emo-y, right? Gothy? Um, in, no, in I wasn't awful. actually. Uh, but I guess that's what I went for that night. Um, yeah, I, I had this, I had this Japanese friend who always liked to help me dress up. And so we like put that look together. I love it. You got the, the side showing like the. The sorry you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little nod to Doctor Rajan. Yeah, but it's like, listen, it's like now we're talking about we're adults, you know. We're like, that's cool. You're being yourself. I mean, like, that's our whole career is like just being yourself and trying to get paid for it. But in high school, exactly. it's like I guarantee you, in high school, if you asked me how I felt about that, and we were going to high school together, I'd be like, you know, I would try to just go with what the the popular opinion is, you know, like, oh, it's prom. Well, what that's what I She's always. Weird. Yeah, I guess. That's what I always... I, I ran into someone that I went to high school with um, recently, and he was like, you were the original influencer. You taught us more about feminism. I was like, what are you talking about? But whatever. Yeah. But so that. But that's what I always tell people now, like when I'm on these panels or whatever at Comic-Cons or when fans ask me like, oh, what's your advice? I'm always like, you know, whatever you think your weakness is, is going to turn out to be your biggest strength. Like whatever you think you need to alter about yourself to fit in yeah. is actually actually the thing that's like your like kryptonite you know what i mean like what makes you unique unique and what gives you the edge over everyone else because that's something only you have it's all about owning it it's like i talked about this almost it feels like i talk about this every week it's like when you're in high school and you get called like for example this guy in basketball this really great basketball player uh antetokounmpo his name is Mm. the greek freak now if he was like insecure and stuff, and you could totally see the Greek freak being like, yeah, a, a name that could hurt you and make you cry and make yeah. you wanna, yeah. you know, change your like. I'm not Greek. I'm not Greek. You know, but he's yeah. a seven foot tall basketball player. He totally owns it now. Greek freak is like this guy is a beast at basketball. He's a freak. You know, he's a monster. Yeah, and he just it's just owning it. Like, yeah, I'm the Greek freak. You know. So it's yep. the same thing. It's like if you have any weird thing about you in high school or you feel like like 
for me, it was like I'm Chinese and Puerto Rican. That's weird. All the cool kids are white. Can I just be like, can I just be white? You know, mm. it, 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 if you just embrace it, um, you, you, you'll fit in. But it's, it's so yeah, hard. Exactly. It's so goddamn hard. Uh, and you'll find your people. It is so hard. But that's also why I started that show, Immigrant Jam. Because I was like, when Trump got elected, I was like, oh, shit. I grew up in New York. I went to this international school. I've always taken that for, for granted that I never felt like, you know, like an outsider. Because I grew up in a place where everybody's from somewhere else. Yeah. But then that was the first time where I was like, oh, I don't, I don't feel like I feel like this. The, I have to defend that somehow and i have to i feel like i want to make a space to celebrate it because this motherfucker is making us feel other you know and and so that was what that was all about like celebrating the fact that people have accents or are different or have like these like like mixed backgrounds that are you know seem weird or crazy to some people or are conflicting because of politics or you know whatever where they're from or where their 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 parents yeah. are from. So that's the whole purpose yeah, of America, it's, it's I hard. think. Anyways, it's exactly. To be, we, we let everyone in. It's almost like yeah. Uh, I'll make another Game of Thrones reference. I'm I'm starting to watch it now. That's why this is these, this is what <laughs> I'm talking about. But it's like there's there's this thing called the Wall, and there, there's like a whole thing of like if you're beyond the Wall, you're called a wilding, and if you're on mm. the other side of the Wall, you're 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 you know like northerner, regular, whatever part of the 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 government and shit like civilized i guess and mm. there's this whole thing where it's just like there's this whole other like there's like these dead people that are rising up this dead army that's gonna that's sort of like gonna kill everyone and yeah the main character of the show is like listen we gotta wildings and us we gotta get together we're humans we gotta it's the dead against the living we gotta get together and then you have all these old you know cracker type of uh you no know, like oh we don't i don't i don't Break bread with no wilding. That's about my grandfather and my blah blah blah. blah. And the other guy's like, dude, we're going to die if we we have to be inclu- like we we we're all fighting the same cause. We want to live. And then like one of them like it like becomes the guy who was like trying to merge the parties becomes like king, and then he gets traded on. Like he gets mutinied against because everyone's mm. so. It's kind of like the same thing with like America, where it's like our borders are supposed to be open to everyone. But then you still have these kind of people who are like, well, we can't let that, like, you know, we, my granddaddy yeah. said we can't, we can't mix it up, like, blah, 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 blah. Because <laughs> they're afraid. Fear, fear, fear. Yeah, they just don't know. Change and, like, all that stuff. And uh, we can go on yeah. all day about that. But So exactly. let's wrap up here. If you can go to, if you can go back and change anything in high school, would you change anything? I think I would change hating it so much. I think I would be like more like Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah. I would be more like water. Like I would right, right. I would change like being so I guess it's a that's just how it goes. That's just nature and evolution and biology, but I would w- want to go back and be like enjoy this time like you know, take advantage of all the shit that you're able to do there and um and and yeah. Just change the fact that I was so resistant to it. I think that's what I would right. change. Now, did you have like, f- like, did you do you have friends from high school still, or did you kind of? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. I do. Yeah, I'm in touch with a lot of people from high school. Still. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, I um, I totally see where you're coming from. Like, there's a lot of people, like, especially when I was younger, you think like everyone's your enemy, you know? Like, you kind of <laughs> yeah. have like, this me against the world mentality. Like, you think your parents are out to get you. You think your principal's out to get you. You think you. Yeah. You know, and uh, you just, you know, you just don't want to comply and like like you said you're smoking cigarettes or you're smoking weed and you just want yeah to... exactly it's almost like you're living in like, a movie where you're just like you know this 
like badass person and you're like rebelling and you, know, you flick your bud and you know like dude comes and picks yeah. it up for you like <laughs> I tried to smoke a cigarette in the hallway once I think it was like 10th grade yeah. and this philosophy teacher walked by he was like a young guy a young philosophy teacher his name was Mr. Brett Schneider and he did a double take and he was like Tell me you're not smoking a cigarette yeah, in yeah. the hallway at recess right now. And yeah. I was like, no, no, I'm not. It's like, oh, yeah, you're such a fucking badass, you know? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Why? It's it's stupid. Um, I used to smoke in the bathrooms. And it's just like, why? It's one, it's not why? enjoyable. You're, you're, yeah. You're, you're going to get suspended because <laughs> you just smell like yeah. shit. And yeah. It's just it's just like a thing like fuck I, I'm gonna do whatever I want they say I can't do it I'm fucking do it I'm cool yeah. and I'll I'll maybe but then get you laid. get caught and you're like oh no I didn't do that no uh. it's not like you're like yeah I fucking smoked a cigarette in in here and what you're like no no right. I didn't it wasn't me uh. well the best is like so funny you, you go you go your parents are like why would you do that why you're just you have no answer yeah. you're just like ah oh, fuck it I don't give a shit like, you're supposed to be on my <laughs> yeah. side you know. There's no why. It's just like you're trying to do it. Like you're just trying to uh, be cool. So I, I, I totally understand that. In my school, when you'd be late, they'd take your um, ID card from you and you needed the ID card to, to leave the school. Yeah. At, like in school hours when you'd have like, you know, a free um, period or whatever it's called or recess or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they had taken my ID card from me because I'd been late so many times and I really wanted to go outside and smoke. And the only people in the cafeteria was this, like, group of these, like, black girls in my grade. And I went up to one of them, Pamela, and I was like, Pamela, can I borrow your ID card to get outside? And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. They don't look at the picture. Just give it to me. <laughs> and she's like, uh, okay. So she gives me the it's her ID card, and I'm like, all right, I got this. And I walk outside, and I walk past the guard, Habib, and I, like, flash the card. And he's like, uh, yo, come back. And I was like, damn. Uh... He's like, let me see the ID card. And I'm like, um. And he takes it from me and he just fucking died laughing so hard. He called the other guard over. He was like, yo, come over here. This this girl just tried to get out with a black girl's ID card. Oh, and they shit. just laughed at me so hard. And they gave, he, he was like, go back and give it back to her. And I was like, that's, damn it, fuck. That's the earliest, <laughs> that's an early form of uh, cultural appropriation. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and then and she laughed at me for like two more years after that. She's like, I bet you if I would see her now, she'd still laugh about it. She'd be like, yeah, nice try, Lucy. Yeah. So funny. Oh, my God. Anyways, um, so you got a lot of stuff you're doing. So you want to tell the, the audience where they can find you and uh, the projects you're working on? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram uh, at you love Lucy U L O V L U C I E or Twitter Lucy Pole Comedy um, or on Twitch at you love Lucy. I do a weekly uh, comedy and game show called Immigrant Jam Live. I do a cooking show on Twitch on Thursdays, and then I'm gonna be putting out a new uh, like little web series on YouTube. My channel is just Lucy Pole. Nice. Um, yeah. So I guess that's and then I have a website LucyPole.com. It's probably not updated. Uh, that's amazing. I mean, you're doing so much. You're doing the cooking show, the website. I mean, I love um, – there's so many people that have kind of like uh, – so many comics I know that have like uh, – are just artists that just – they're taking the quarantine and COVID by the balls. And they're like, we're not giving up. Like, we don't need the fucking end this year. We're going to start our own shit. And I love – I mean, you're filming a website. Like, I know – are you, are you like – so you're getting like 
all these cameras and all this like production crew like is that how you do no it? no 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 i bought a camera recently right. um a really nice like a mid-level camera sure, or sure, like sure. yeah um and i'm shooting it on that and i've learned i've taught myself or my boyfriend actually has taught me to edit on premiere nice um which is cool which is a really nice feeling because it gives you some sort of uh, autonomy mm -hmm. and um so i so that's sort of how i'm doing it and yeah i, I don't know if i'm taking the pandemic by the balls or if it's more like a survival mechanism because if i'm not doing things i'll just like i think I'll, i'd like really get depressed yeah. so it's kind of just like this like form of like not slipping off the edge <laughs> you know what i mean like right. keep busy because otherwise i'll go crazy i think i'm the same way i, I need like there was not one uh second i thought of quitting comedy because of the pandemic because the shows were gonna get there was it was just like all right like what do i gotta do and it became virtual yeah exactly became, uh, trying to you know get my social media going so I just love and it, it I love sucks. It. Like the yeah. Zoom shows are not obviously it's not the same. No, it's not the same. But at the same time, I think a lot of people have been pushed to like, you know, hunker down and figure out what they can do on their own. And that's a good thing, you know, like to just like figure out like what can I make that I can make on my own without anybody's help. That's yeah. great. And you don't it's it's like I always I have this saying and it's kind of dumb, but it's like the bar is not that high in the sense where it's like just do the just do your thing the best you can and yeah like we were talking about earlier it's like you do like one guy did that same voice everyone thought it was no one gave a shit and then one person was like i like it and then yep exactly know, now he's a a millionaire or whatever i'm just now he's a fucking legend now he's the rock <laughs> now he's the rock right uh... all right Luce, thank you uh, so much for coming on guys thanks for listening and we'll see you next week bye